Thank you for joining us for Business Technology News, a weekly program focused on products and services that are changing the way business and consumers use technology. Articles are selected from Wired, CNET, Business Insider, Wall Street Journal, CNBC, Bloomberg, Forbes, New York Times, Washington Post, and many other publications. My name is Michael Amy. This article is posted to Forbes. Title is, Google Docs is more popular than Microsoft Word, but ChatGPT could change that. This was written by Rashi Shivrastava and posted on January 19, 2023. Experts say ChatGPT could be a game changer for Microsoft as CEO Satya Nadella announces plans to roll out the technology across all of the company's products. Microsoft plans to make OpenAI's generative AI technology, such as ChatGPT, available to billions of users by integrating it into all of its products, CEO Satya Nadella said this week. That means that ChatGPT's ability to generate text through short prompts is likely on its way to the Office 365 product suite, including Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, and Outlook. Using OpenAI's models, Microsoft Word's autocomplete and autocorrect features could carry out more advanced tasks than style and grammar correction and generate longer chunks of text based on a few words. Though the company hasn't announced any specific features yet, users could potentially be able to input prompts and generate complete PowerPoint presentations and emails. These kinds of features could help Microsoft attract younger users. While Microsoft Office 365 has been a de facto standard for millions of enterprises, analysts say the tech giant has fallen behind in attracting those who gravitate toward collaborative first products like Google Docs and Sheets. Microsoft has lost significant traction versus Google, especially in the education vertical and younger demographics across colleges, and there's a generation that uses Google Docs as their default. Microsoft needs to change that, Dan Ives, a tech analyst at Wedbush Securities, told Forbes. I think ChatGPT would be the silver bullet that could change the paradigm between Google Docs and Microsoft Word. Along with bringing ChatGPT to its consumer-facing products, Microsoft announced this week that it will also be implementing OpenAI's technology in Microsoft's cloud computing platform, Azure OpenAI Service, which will allow paying customers to access advanced AI models including GPT 3.5, the large language model underlying chat GPT, and DAL-E2, the image generator. In 2019, the Seattle-based tech giant invested $1 billion in OpenAI, became the AI Research and Development Lab's exclusive cloud provider, and obtained an exclusive license to use and commercialize OpenAI's GPT-3 technology. Microsoft is now reportedly in talks to invest $10 billion in the hot AI startup. Google Workspace, which encompasses collaborative tools like Google Drive, Docs, Meet, Slides, and more, 
had 3 billion users in 2021, a statistic that includes unpaid subscribers as well as businesses. In 2021, Google Workspace had 7 million paying customers, far lower than Office 365 paying customer base, Office 365, which consists of collaborative versions of Word, Excel, Outlook, and other productivity apps, had 54.1 million consumer subscribers and more than 300 million paid commercial subscribers in 2021 who pay between 6 and $22 per user per month based on different plans. Google offers its workspace tools for competitive pricing, which ranges between 6 and $18 per user per month. Workspace's free edition for businesses was discontinued in 2022 by Google. Microsoft's weak spot is on the consumer, and that's where Google thrives, Ives says. Implementing chat GPT and artificial intelligence will really put gasoline in the growth engine on the consumer side. Microsoft has already introduced some AI features into its software. Microsoft Editor uses AI to correct writing tone, offer concise alternatives to sentences, and generate summaries of long pieces of text, features that could be improved using ChatGPT's technology. In 2020, the company announced that its Azure AI customers can use AI to caption images. For many years, Microsoft has built templates that can be used inside of Office, particularly Word and PowerPoint. Think about what they could do now. They'll just say, put in five keywords and we'll write a letter for you, says David Steinberg, CEO and co-founder of AI-based marketing firm Zeta Global. He added, it's going to be very, very powerful. Along with competing On collaboration and workspace products, Google and Microsoft are also head-to-head competitors on other fronts, including search. Microsoft has indicated it plans to use OpenAI's natural and human-sounding chatbox, ChatGPT, to improve Microsoft's web search engine, Bing. Experts say Microsoft's Azure cloud computing infrastructure and access to vast amounts of data could help it supercharge OpenAI's models. The Microsoft Graph is one of the largest data sets of human activity at work and contains data from across the company's applications, including 400 billion emails, 500 million LinkedIn members, 180 million active Office 365 users, and 800 million Windows 10 devices, according to a Microsoft report. The company trains its AI models using 420 billion interactions that take place on Microsoft Office every month, the report showed. Again, the title of that posted to Forbes, Google Docs is more popular than Microsoft Word, but ChatGPT could change that. This article is posted to Forbes. Title is Ant-Man and Heineken joined forces in Super Bowl commercial for non-alcoholic beer. This was provided by a contributor to Forbes, Hudson Lindenberger, who says, I cover the ever-changing landscapes of the beer and alcohol industry. It was posted on February 6th. It wasn't that long ago that the idea of any beer company spending money to promote their non-alcoholic beer during any sporting event, much less the Super Bowl, would have seemed ludicrous. 
Yet that is just what Heineken did. Their move shines yet another spotlight on the ever-expanding low-no-alcohol market and how brands are taking notice of a trend that doesn't seem to be slowing. By partnering with entertainment powerhouse Marvel Studios, Heineken is banking on Marvel's ability to connect with the millennium generation through their movies. Their collaboration centers around the upcoming film Ant-Man and the Wasp, Menina, which premieres one week after the Super Bowl. The first teaser ads hit the market on January 9th and featured the movie star Paul Rudd sipping on a Heineken Zero. Coming fresh on the heels of dry January, the push by Heineken to grow their non-alcoholic drinks highlights the commitment many large brewers and distillers are putting into carving out their own space in the sober, curious market. Given that the term dry January only came into being in 2014, when the U.K. government's trademarked the name, Its popularity has been impressive. An estimated one in five U.S. adults said they were giving it a try in 2022, which equates to over 40 million people. Its numbers, like those that have caused many in the alcohol industry to take notice. Heineken Zero, which we launched globally in 2017, has been flying and is a core part of our franchise, said Johnny Cahill, Heineken USA CMO. We don't see it as something to be pushed off to the side, the way non-alcohol beers were for the longest time. We've been investing north of $50 million a year in Heineken Zero to help develop the non-alcoholic category. Our leadership has helped. We brought an iconic brand into a space that wasn't the most dynamic category in the beer market and have helped to make it moderation cool. According to one of the latest Gallup polls, the percentage of American adults who abstain from alcohol is 37%, a number that has stayed roughly the same over the last decade. What has changed is the preference of those non-drinkers. In the past, they did not buy non-alcoholic beverages from alcohol companies, but they are doing just that these days. The low-to-alcohol-free market has swelled to over 5% share and saw a 315% increase in dollar sales in 2021. As the leading non-alcoholic beer in America, Heineken Zero is helping to normalize the idea of moving near beers out of the dusty corners it has been relegated to forever and into the spotlight. According to Cahill, Heineken works with its distributors to have its non-alcohol beers placed in the middle of its other products. It's part of their core brands. As such, it is in the cooler next to their other beer offerings. This approach is being mirrored by other major brands, with Budweiser Zero in its bright white packaging sitting next to the red and blue packaging of Budweiser and Bud Light. The partnership with Marvell is only the latest move that Heineken has made promoting its non-alcohol beers. They have an ongoing deal with Formula One and have featured their beer at various events ranging from the Coachella Music Festival to Major League Soccer. They even paired up the James Bond movie a few years ago.
We're focused on making moderation cool for people, bringing 0% beer into iconic moments and franchises in popular culture legitimizes the category and transitions it from being something you are doing, not drinking alcohol, to something you want to do, enjoy a beer with no alcohol, said Cahill. We designed the spots with Marvell to offer a playful message that you can enjoy a beer while being responsible. The tagline that the title character can shrink responsibly is consistent with our messaging. There are many moments when you'd love a beer, but maybe you want to lay off the alcohol. The campaign is slated to run until the end of February, with both the Super Bowl ad and the movie opening serving as the climax. Where Heineken Zero heads after that, we will have to wait and see. But chances are good that you will see them continue to pop up on Drinker's Radar, along with other big brands, as they all seek to take advantage of the emergence of a new trend in drinking. Again, this was contributed by Hudson Lindenberger. He says, I'm an award-winning freelance writer specializing in beer, alcohol, adventure, and travel. This article is posted to Forbes. Title is How to Shrink High Taxes on Your Required Minimum Distributions, or RMDs. This was written by David Ray. He's a contributor of Forbes, and he writes about having a wealthier, healthier, and happier life. It was posted on January 26, 2023. In the past, you needed to take required minimum distributions, or RMDs, around age 70 and a half. This year, RMDs can be taken at age 73. For younger folks reading this post, the RMD age will rise to 75 on January 1st, 2033. The taxes could be onerous, regardless of when you will need to begin taking your RMDs. Regarding RMDs and retirement income, There are typically two types of retirees, those who need to take out more than their RMDs amount to live, and those who don't need their total RMD and want to push off their tax bills as long as possible. For the most part, this article is for the latter retiree, but both can learn about some strategies to minimize tax on retirement income. If you are both retired and looking to donate to charity, you can lower your taxes by sending part or all of your RMD directly to a charity. This is called a Qualified Charitable Donation, or QCD. When done correctly, your RMD won't be added to your adjusted gross income, and you won't owe taxes on the withdrawal. A QCD will likely require more record-keeping than taking a retirement account withdrawal and writing a check to a charity, but some valuable advantages make this extra step worth it. First, it can help you avoid or minimize the high-income surtax on Medicare Part B and D. Likewise, with the vast majority of Americans taking the standard deduction, they technically wouldn't get a tax deduction for many donations to charity. In this case, you would get a nice tax benefit from making a QCD versus taking a taxable withdrawal and writing a check to a nonprofit. A QCD may also lower the amount of your Social Security income that is taxable. Yes, part of your Social Security will be taxable. Crazy, right? But it's true. 
Talk with your tax planning focused certified financial planner to see if you could benefit from a QCD. That person can help ensure that the proper steps are taken and the appropriate documentation is given to your tax preparer so you'll get all the QCD savings on taxes. Here's a quick reminder for those already taking RMDs and those who will be soon. Just because the IRS requires you to take RMDs each year does not mean that you have to spend the money or let it sit somewhere. If you don't need the money now, you can reinvest the funds into a taxable investment account to continue growing for your future retirement income needs. If you're still working, you may also be able to continue funding a retirement account to help offset the taxes due on RMDs. You may already know that you can't transfer your RMD to another IRA, but after you take the RMD each year, you can convert some or all of your traditional IRA or 401k to a Roth IRA. Reducing the retirement account balance subject to RMDs in the future. I've generally found the best time to do Roth conversions is between retiring and needing to take RMDs. This is often when retirees are in the lower tax bracket of their retirement years. Remember, Roth IRA withdrawals are tax-free. They also don't count when calculating income for how much of your Social Security is taxed in retirement. Income from a Roth IRA also isn't used when determining Medicare surtaxes. If you're considering a Roth conversion, plan on moving money over several years. If you try and convert a large IRA or 401k to an IRA all at once, you could end up with a much larger than necessary tax bill. The more money you make, the higher your tax rate will be. Remember state taxes when looking at your expected taxes in retirement. I'm writing this post in California, which has the highest marginal tax rate in the United States. However, these California tax brackets are progressive, meaning your tax rates increase the more income you earn. Some other cheaper tax states have flat tax rates, or you hit the maximum tax rate at much lower income levels. In contrast, some other states have zero income taxes. I can't cover every permutation of state-to-state moves here, but consider if state taxes will be higher or lower if you are planning on moving in retirement. This could alter the optimal time to do Roth conversions. Tax planning and retirement income planning don't end when you leave the workforce. Tax laws will likely change numerous times between now and when you no longer have to pay taxes. This probably means death, or you just run out of money. Not a super happy way to end this post, but we will all get there someday, and if we plan well, we can pay fewer taxes along the way. That was written by David Ray, a certified financial planner. He's been helping people make smarter financial decisions since 2003, he writes. And this is posted to Forbes.com. This article is posted to Forbes. Title is CISO, S-E-S-O, wants to help solve a $3.1 billion farm labor crisis through automation. This was written by Rashi Srivastava and posted on April 14th of 2022. Crop doesn't wait. 
and American agriculture has been facing a labor crisis for decades, resulting in the wastage of $3.1 billion worth of food. Farm labor employment has fallen by 75% in the past seven decades, according to the USDA, filling in a crucial gap. Migrant workers account for a majority of the agricultural labor force. In recent years, fewer workers are migrating to the United States. And those who do come have to go through the onerous H-2A program, a process peppered with inefficiencies. Co-founders Michael Gerges and Jordan Taylor have set out to fix this problem with CESO, a startup that connects farmers who need workers and migrant workers who need employment. Farmers want to farm. They're not good at paperwork, says Gerges whose startup is digitizing agricultural recruitment and payroll processes, most of which to date is done with pen and paper. CESO provides farmers with visa automation for migrant laborers, government regulatory compliance, an employee database and management tools to ease an administrative documentation process riddled with complications. The startup issued 5,500 agricultural workers with H-2A visas in 2021. Almost a year after the labor marketplace launched, CESO announced Thursday it raised $25 million in a Series A round led by Index Ventures with Founders Fund, NFX, and K-5 Ventures participating. Founded in 2019, the company has 35 employees and 77 customers, including some of the largest farms in the country. Farmers who use the startup's technology to recruit and manage migrant workers span a broad spectrum, including a South African ostrich farmer, shepherders in Utah, and a bee farm in North Dakota. Farmers have traditionally relied on middlemen to bring H-2A workers. Mistakes in the tedious visa application process have resulted in late arrivals of workers and ultimately billions of dollars worth of wasted crops. The program requires you do work with four or five different government agencies, Gergeis says. It is so complicated, it was never meant to succeed. It's a broken system, he said. B.T. Loftus Ranches, one of the longest-running hop farms in Yakima Valley, uses CESO's technology to communicate with returning employees, many of whom live in rural areas without cell service. CESO, which also has employees in Mexico, helps arrange transportation for migrant workers to reach the consulate safely, and as a result, it has reduced 70% of the work that fell on the HR department. The logistics of having to locate the workers was definitely a big hurdle that we had to overcome every year, says Alex Munoz, Director of Human Resources at BT Loftus. By having a recruiter that reaches out to the workers via different platforms, it has definitely made our contract processes run smoother. Before building a workforce management portal for the agricultural industry, the 32-year-old CEO worked at the White House on the National Economic Council, developing employment and housing policies. Gergeis, whose parents are from Egypt, graduated from Stanford University in 2011, where he studied labor policy and economics. I realized I don't want to be a policymaker. I want to use technology to create jobs. 
So I knew that I was going to, at some point, start a labor marketplace startup because that was my passion. Elizabeth Ortiz Zarate is a 28-year-old Mexican migrant worker who works for plant retailer Bonnie Plants in Utica, New York. She came to the U.S. on an H-2A visa, the only uncapped visa in the country. The H-2A program allows American farmers to recruit seasonal workers from other countries for up to 10 months, only after demonstrating that they were unable to find domestic labor to fill the position. In Mexico, Zarate worked as an industrial engineer, earning $450 a month. But in the United States, she's able to earn roughly $3,000 per month as a seasonal worker. She sends most of her income home to her grandparents. The H-2A program allows you to come into the country without putting your life at risk, going through the illegal immigration process that's dangerous and can lead to extortion, Zarate says. This article goes on, but we've run out of time. We'll have to leave it there. Thank you for joining us today for Business Technology News. My name is Michael Amy. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.